This episode of Back to Work is sponsored by MailChimp. Free for lists of up to 2,000 subscribers and 12,000 emails per month. They've got great templates you can customize or you can build your own. And if you're a blogger, you can set up an RSS newsletter to be published automatically. Sign-up forms, autoresponders, reports, they've got it all and it's a cinch to use. Just check them out at MailChimp.com. <laughs> Say that thing you said yesterday. Say that thing again. What'd you say yesterday? You're really pretty and I like your shirt. Okay. Okay. And you want to pour water on my head. Is that right? <laughs> Not what? What thing yesterday about how... It's baptism, Dan. Look it up. I feel like you are an artist who has never discovered or for whatever reason has not, has not yet found the true medium uh, that that you could truly excel in. But because you're so talented and gifted that you anything you touch is, is becomes your canvas. Hmm. And, and that, that it, uh, my analogy, I think was that if you, you know, if you gave Lance Armstrong, you know, tax reports to do, he'd probably do a great job on him, but it, it's like, if he never discovered that how great he would be as, uh, as an athlete riding, you know, riding a bike and being a competitive racer mm-hmm. that, you know, he might excel at these other things with the same, uh, success but maybe that's the wrong word not success with the same energy with the same output but only when when he's actually you know racing on a bike do you realize what his true potential is i feel like you have only skirted or scratched the surface of the true artistic medium that you could excel in and when i see a video like this humanity horse I, and you probably weren't even intending it to be that, but it's very much the the whole everything about it. I really see this as an allegory to not just the human condition, but perhaps your own life in a lot of ways. Hmm. Did you re- intend it to Im- imbue it with that much uh, Grab, gravitas? Poignancy, yeah, yeah. Um, at the at the time, I thought it was a video of a toy horse falling down in a bathroom, but now I realize I'm an artist. I didn't. No, it's see, really that's the good. Thing. You say, uh, really you, you know, you take Michelangelo didn't know he was making Daniel. He just thought it was a bunch of rocks, you know? Yeah. You know, it's got, so I, I called it, I called it, I tried to get the Google Translate. I was calling it Awkward Horse is Awkward. You're calling it, I'm going to rename it. Should I rename it Humanity Horse? Yeah. Did you get the URL for it? Yeah. I put it in the thing. Oh, good. Boy, this colloquy just keeps bouncing. So whenever anybody talks about it, I don't look at it. I don't look at it. I, want, I thought we looked at colloquy when we did the show. No, I can't right now. With my Why? setup the way it is in this rental oh, thing. Oh, well, I don't want to be rude, but if this thing bounces the whole time, I might have a stroke, Dan Benjamin. No, you don't want them to b- How do have I turn it bounce. You turn it, it's a preference. A preference. Okay. Is that in my registry? Where is that? It's a win INI file. Oh, okay. I thought it was I thought it was a dot DLL. Interface. Or it might be in system mini. I forget. Okay, system mini. Okay. And so I need to comment out that one line in the dot INI. Is mm-hmm. that right? Yeah. Okay. And what, what 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 port should that be on? Port port oh, twenty one. Twenty one. Okay, that's so you can get around it at work. That's okay. right. Big week for you, WWDC. So a lot of people descending into your hometown of San Francisco, California. Yeah, I was downtown yesterday, um, trying to download all of the apps that weren't on my particular phone and I realized that there was probably like 500 nerds trying to do exactly the same thing <laughs> on the already incredibly overstressed AT&T network. 
Wow. You know? Yeah. Which, you get to see anybody? You get to catch up with some old friends? No, I'm going to do that, uh, as you know, uh, <laughs> tonight. Um, I don't tonight know. Is, no, I don't know. You sure you do? No, I, I don't know. About I sent you that screen grab and made you feel bad, remember? No, I don't know. Mm, I did see, oh, that little out. invite thing that you sent down. Yeah. Okay. And, and uh, I, uh, I'm going to try and catch up today. It's been an interesting day. Boy, can I just say first thing, turn off that uh, backward scrolling deal. Oh, my goodness. Whew. Do you have the backward scrolling deal on? Uh, you're talking about a feature. I wouldn't in, know about that. You're talking about a new feature in Lion. Is that a computer that, thing? That by default will, when you scroll down with a gesture, you're actually going up and vice versa. Sort of like Flight Simulator. Is that how it works? We got the stick? Yeah. Yeah, I guess it's like a flight simulator. Everything's very gray, if I'd seen it, which I haven't. It's very gray, very, very gray. Well, a lot of this they've shown in the, I think anything that they showed off yesterday in the, in the demo you can talk about. Did you watch the thing? I, I watched parts of the thing. Yeah, I watched it. Yeah, it was pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I started to watch it on, uh, uh, you know, the iPad with the, with the 3G. And, yeah. Yeah, there was not much forestall that way. You don't get a lot of forestall on the 3G when, <laughs> when, when the nerds are in town. Humanity horse. <laughs> you don't like Maladroit Cheval? No. People have no idea what you're talking about, Dan. Do you want to start, do you want to start the show? We did. We, this is all live. Hi, how's it going? Good. How are you doing this week? A pretty good week. Pretty good week. Busy. Not busy. Not really, you know. As, as uh, someone in the chat room reminds me, I don't have a job. So, I, you know, I never get that busy, you know. You, why do you let mean people into the IRC? Why do you, why do, you do that, Dan? Why do you let them in, Dan Benjamin? I don't, you, is there any kind of screening at all for these things? No, I don't control that. Okay. All right. Um, Got to take the good with the bad. That's the lesson I've learned from, from doing these shows. That's, is that right? No, I don't, I don't, I don't mind either of them. Not really. Uh, bounces a lot though the colloquy I don't yeah you have to turn that off how do you do that is that in the registry it's a preference I think it's okay. in system.ini okay now Joel Hausman he says he's, he's bouncing okay I'm, I'm gonna come back to this I'm gonna turn this off for a second whoops okay uh, I'm gonna come back guys uh, uh, how's it going good man good week been a busy week only way out is through Churchill said that I was listening to Iron Maiden this morning at the beginning of their uh, excellent 1985 live after death performance. There's a whole long thing at the beginning with that wonderful Churchill speech about how he's going to fight in, in France and fight on everywhere. And then it goes into Aces High, which has got some good solos on it. Did you were you ever in Iron Maiden at all? A little bit. Hmm. You like Led Zeppelin. I did. Led Zeppelin 3. At the time when Iron Maiden was really at its peak... I did listen to some of it, but I was more in a purist, more into the what what would today be. I don't even know what they would call it, but at the time was called classic rock. Classic rock. I think I think that that's classic. What you're talking about, the uh, Iron, Ma- Iron Maiden. Iron Maiden called the new wave of British heavy metal is what that was called. Isn't uh, today classic rock would be like Bobby McFerrin or something? <laughs> did you know that? Um, in a, in a recent uh, Forrester research survey, it was revealed that I have the worst Bobby McFerrin impersonation of all time. Let's hear it. It's it better to get the visual, too. You ready? Yep. Uh, <laughs> sounds a lot like Dave. I think I'm doing Black Dave. I like it. Uh, uh, landlord. That's pretty much it. <laughs> that was really bad. <laughs> you should hear my Rick Wakeman. Oh, man. What do you talk about this week, Dan Benjamin? Ah, a video of a horse as an allegory to the human condition. Yeah. Humanity horse. 
Humanity horror. You're gonna make, you're gonna take it and turn it. You're gonna make this about Buddhism again, aren't you? You're gonna do it. People like that, but no, I have no intent. I don't ever start out that way. Like I think people yeah. think I must have an agenda, and I really don't. Girls like horses. In America too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was thinking um, we don't. You know, you don't have you have subjects on your other shows. Uh, you got sometimes. You know, when Jace are. I guess about um, minute one hundred six. He he sometimes wants to talk about toasters, but generally he has follow up and then toasters. Do, do you and Marco have formal topics? Uh, Marco has a list of topics which I am not allowed to see. He's never shown me the list. John Syracuse has a list, and we've been through most of the topics on his list. And uh, I'm do you, assuming you get any, do you get any idea at all? Well, he puts it in the show notes first, but generally speaking, he won't even reveal the topic until he's finished his toaster talk, right? Well, he doesn't reveal it to the listeners. I typically know what it is, but a lot of the time I just don't care. I'm I just I'm prepared for anything. You're just there needling. I have an encyclopedic knowledge of all things, so it doesn't even matter what you know. I could just pull pull a weird uh, response out of it anywhere. Sure, I'm prepared. I'm ready. You are. I, I've I've seen that. I'll mention one thing about toaster ovens. Go ahead, call. Um, okay, thank you. First time, first time toaster. I um I used a toaster oven this weekend. An oven or a uh, slot loader? Toaster oven. Okay. We have a slot. Listen, if you want toast, give it up. You know, go go get a toaster. If you want toast, get a toaster. I know he doesn't have the counter space. You know, and he's waiting for Christmas. But I'm just saying, if you want toast, get a toaster. <laughs> if you want toast, get a toaster. Or, or drop some serious Marco-style coin, you know? I'm just saying. But, uh, uh, you know, because the toaster, it sounds to me like, like for Jay, sir, you know, time is money. You know what I'm saying? ABC, <laughs> steak, yeah. knives, steak knives or walk. And I think, I, think, I think the situation is, you know, you either got to make counter space or make toast. You know what I'm saying? Here's the thing that he doesn't yeah. get, and this just shows how weird his logic is, that Pearl. his barometer, if you will, for a toaster is... For a toaster oven, something notoriously bad at toasting toast is to toast toast. He timed it. He timed it. And the whole thing is if you want really good toast, you, you do slot loader. That's what you do. The toaster oh, oven no, is a there's compromise. There's no question about it. There's no question. You know what you do? You go out and drop some coin. You get. Now, I'm, just, I'm not saying you it's have like to have It's like buying a dump truck and saying, well, it, it doesn't accelerate quickly enough. Well, right. It's like saying I can't get root on my iPad. It's yes. like, well, maybe you're buying the wrong toaster. You know, Mark yeah. Pilgrim, my good friend, Mark Pilgrim. Um, I, you know, I, uh, I, I lived, anyway, I won't say you lived. You lived no, very we don't need to go into it. Are you saying he wouldn't even, he wouldn't pick up the phone? I mean, he might have an e-phone. I think he's got a, I think he's got a Debian phone, Debian pad phone with the. Uh, I'm going to, I'll, the only thing I'll say about that is I'll, I'll yeah. state a simple fact. Yeah. I lived about a mile and a half down the road from him for, oh, for about a year. Very close. And suggested and invited several times that perhaps we could get a cup of coffee somewhere. And uh, it was, he was always too busy. I'll reveal a personal fact named Benjamin. I had a lovely phone call with Mark Pilgrim this week. I actually did because he's well, one good, of my favorites. Good, good for you. No problem. He picked right up. Mm-hmm. The problem is he had to tell me right up front because of the GPL we couldn't mention money. Otherwise, he, I'd have to buy his phone. That's, the, that's, that's not negotiable. Right. You know, Stallman's got a whole thing on there. You know, so I – okay, so let's finish Didn't he invent Pearl? No, he co-invented it. He co-invented it with Dave Weiner. Didn't he invent XML? He co-invented XML with Al Gore. Okay? Here's the thing. I'm going to give you two concepts. I want you to hold them in your head. I want you to set aside your, your partisan attitudes okay. about what people consume. Okay. Can I just say, toaster oven with convection heating plus tater tots equals Bonerville. 
Okay. Now, normally, <laughs> I, I went to my sister-in-law's house. That, if you'll know from you look nice today, this is the house that has a house on top of the house. It's very, very large. Oh, is that that show you do with Adam? With so literally, literally, my intestines just got replaced with angry. <laughs> mm. I think I need a new belt. I need to check that show out. Does he in that? Mm-hmm. Is he in that actively? I can't. To be honest, I can't remember. I can't remember. It's been a long I remember, time. Yeah, I remember something about Winston Churchill in a shower, and after that, it's all just blurry. I put tater tots into this thing, and I said, you know what? There's a bit I'm going to flip here where I could choose. You know, it's just like, it's like Iron Giant, right? I could be Superman mm-hmm. or I could be a gun. Yeah. And I decided to be Superman. I flipped on baking with convection. A little fan turns on, and I got perfect, 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 except that they will literally kill me, according to you, tater tots. And they were delicious. I made them twice while I was there. I filled the tray twice, two evenings. One time my family was out of the house, I made tater tots again. They were so good. I'm just saying, here's the thing, right? Gordian knot, lying in the sand, you know, the, which you cannot cross. Am I right? You've got to choose. Are you going to be a toaster guy or are you going to be an oven guy? Because I don't think you can have it both ways. I think when, when Jay Sir says you can't put pizza in a microwave, he understands that on some level. So we should get him one. Can we do that? Can we do like a Kickstarter to get him an oven? He said he didn't want that. I, I proposed that on the show. and He, he said says he a lot did, of things. He didn't, would, he's not a charity case, I think he said something like that. Uh, that's not really my concern. Yeah. I mean, if, if we did, all did what, what, what he wanted, well, my goodness, you know. And we'd still be using a spatial finder. Yeah, with a lot of backslashes. <laughs> yeah. We'd all be option clicking away from the window. Medi-key. I... <laughs> I I don't know. I haven't had a toaster oven in a while. I like a big toaster with big slots so you can put in a big ass bagel, big butt bagel. And uh, you, you know, you can put a frozen bagel in. Mine is mine is like our toaster, it's like it was not costly and it is extremely strong-willed. It's it's, you know, it's it's like an angry lady at the Ross dress for less. It's it's only way out is through. One idea that I had given that there are so many interesting tools and boy a lot of discussion about them this week. Dan, have you taken the time to offer your impressions about how these uh, announcements will affect the future of cloud computing in a post-PC world? Have you taken a minute to do that yet? Uh, You'll do that this week. A little bit. That'll happen this week. Well, depending. I mean, we recorded the show with Marco. I recorded a brand new show that's secret that uh, will probably be out by the time people hear this one. The secret show you told me about? No. Oh. And then, uh, and then you know, the, we'll see if John Gruber and Syracuse can get their act together enough to do a show. Okay, let's run back around to you keeping secrets from me because Humanity Horse doesn't like that. People need to see this Humanity Horse. Make Humanity Horse fall down when you keep secrets from me. Um, I, I could we- just keep watching this video. I've got it playing throughout the show. I think people should do that. Can you loop that on the Vimeo? Can you do the looping? Gotta, the right do you have downloads enabled? If you um, allow probably. downloads, then you can open it in QuickTime, and, and there's a, a menu option. I think it's under View that yeah, lets open, you loop. I'm an, I'm an open source. It's going to be GPL, though. You can't look at it while you're at work. Or you okay. have to paste almond. Okay, I gotta log in. Um, you know what I was thinking? Here's what I was thinking. I was thinking, um, if this is not too esoteric and forty-three foldersy, it might be fun to talk about how we choose uh, which tools to use. Um, oh, I like that. Mm, how, how is, that too 40, is that too forty-three foldersy? No. So, um, because I think. Uh, well, first I gotta say, like you know. You know me, right? Like I'm, I'm, I'm the guy who was that real weirdo that didn't want to talk about how much I liked the iPhone until I had used one. I'm like that. I'm, a, I'm like they call it a corner case, mm, edge case. Mm, I'm edgy, sure. I'm edgy. I'm cornery. I'm Casey. 
I'm corner Casey Kasem. Josh? I think that's a good topic because um, I think this, in some ways, is somewhere near the center of the struggle because we need tools to do our stuff, but we don't need to be working on tools so much that we're not doing our stuff. And I think, uh, I think it's worth talking about well, I don't know. It's fun because we could talk about some nerd stuff. I could tell you uh, some fun tips and tricks stuff that I like. But it would also, because uh, we haven't done that in a while. But I also like the idea of talking about how we choose um, the stuff that we use to do our work and how we know if it's going well. And, you know, when we know it's time to look at and then potentially try other things. Hmm. I like. What this. do you think, Dan Benjamin? Is that something that would appeal to nerd? Yeah. What's the colloquy say? I turned off the colloquy. because I don't know. I'm not in there. You're not in there at all. How did you choose Colloquy? How, how, what? As a tool. Oh, you said on your page that I could use that to look at the, uh, the IRC chat room. Yeah. IRC. That's not open source though, right? No, it's it is. It's open source but not GPL, right? I don't know if it's GPL. Okay, so tell them not to talk about money in there. Okay. That's, they, call it, they call that the third rail. Um, I'm going to go make this so you can download it. Yeah, I think you can do that. I got the got the pro account. You know what thing's kind of sucky with Vimeo is if you don't have a pro account, it they don't H two sixty four it. I guess they might, and they're probably just. But you know what I mean. You can't look at it on an iPhone unless you got a pro account. It's kind of how weird. did you choose Vimeo? Um, I liked Vimeo. I like the way Vimeo looks in the same way that I like the way Flickr. When I say looks, you know the way it works. It's there aren't that many applications. Let me start over. There aren't that many web applications that are really genuinely, genuinely fun to use. And I think Vimeo is one. I think Flickr is one. I think Flickr is extraordinary. I think Flickr still, to me, I, I mean, I've, I've used it and enjoyed a lot of the 37 Signal stuff. And I think it's really, it's fair to credit them with so much of that, you know, kind of revolution and the functionality we get on the web and making it look not crappy. But Vimeo and Flickr are two in particular that I just, I love to use. It's unusual for me to find a tool where I say, I wish I had a w- something I could use this for. Like Hype. I just started playing with that Hype app. Have you used that yet? Have you seen it? I have not used that. It lets you I, make... Did you ever... Back in the day, back in the Macromedia days, if you ever did anything with those authoring programs like pre-Flash where you could make like a shockwave, you know, with yeah. a timeline and yeah. all that kind of stuff, like pre-DHTML and all that. Um, I don't understand how it works. I'm not going to try throwing out the letters, but basically Hype lets you make your own HTML5 stuff. That's so got the little hummingbird as the got icon. Got the little hummingbird. I have which seen, Apple I've seen a has, demo of that. Apple has very carelessly stuck in my dock along with about 50 other things. Mm, I must have hired somebody from Microsoft. What is the deal with that? Every, I mean, I, I don't even understand. I, I keep getting Microsoft startup items even though... Uh, and the dock thing, Dan, I don't like the... Don't touch my dock. My dock, my dock is me. That's, that's my thing. Don't put stuff there. Is but you know, for, you? for the regular, for the average computer yeah, user, person who would never listen to this show... I know. Well, I, Norm, they're gonna, well, I just installed it, but I don't see it. Where did it go? It's gone. It's not where. Why didn't they install it? It said it installed it. Now, when I look in the app store, it says installed, but I don't see it. How do I find it? Where did it go? It, I guess they put it in your start menu. Can I custom URL? I don't know how to do this license. License. What license should I pick? Uh, how about. Uh, uh, buy NCND, maybe? That's my classic. I do buy NCND. You like buy NCND? What does that uh, one uh, stand for? Uh, you got to credit me. Um, no commercial stuff. And uh, no, no, let's make derivatives. Sure, make a derivative. Buy NCND. Yeah, there you go. Uh, boom. 
And uh, I chose Vimeo because, uh, at least back in the day, well, first of all, I thought the videos just looked better. If memory serves, uh, YouTube's videos didn't, they didn't look as good. And that sounds dumb, but like, I just remember thinking like, wow, everything just looks better on Vimeo. It's more fun to use. I thought it was way, at the time, it seemed like it was easier to upload stuff. That was my impression. Just because I, I, you know, I like Dallas. I like using the site. I don't think he's there anymore, but I just, I liked Vimeo's mojo. You know, it was a real hippie vibe. And, uh, you know, it was just, I, I, I just, it was really great to use. And, um, uh, I don't like YouTube comments. I've never liked YouTube comments. And I don't know how so many people can manage to talk about Justin Bieber on every video or, or, or how much they don't like black people. I mean, there's a lot of people out there who, who want to talk about Justin Bieber and not liking black people. And they all really seem to make a lot of comments. And so they've done a lot to fix that, but Vimeo was a better neighborhood would be a, a nice way to put it. It gave you some, some nice control. And the same way that on Flickr, I feel, feel like kind of a jerk that I don't have comments open on all my Flickr stuff, but it just becomes onerous to patrol all of that. And Vimeo, like a good community site, which I guess they see themselves as, uh, I mean, nobody wants to be a commodity, right? Nobody wants to be a place where you just upload videos. That's not a very, you know, lucrative market, and it's very costly to run, as uh, your pal Marco mentioned. But uh, it's a good neighborhood, you know. It was nice people. My friends could comment. It looked pretty. That's how I chose it. Where, where do you put video stuff? Well, you know, it's not a whole lot of places these days. I, I find that YouTube is absolutely impossible to deal with, to navigate around. To you know, it, it's it's incre- It's like they've tried to bundle in every single whether it's comments that you've addressed or just all these tiny little features. I just, everything about YouTube is bad with the exception that you can put your videos there. I like Vimeo and I use Vimeo for many of the same reasons that you do. And I use it, but I, everything there is pretty much, you know, just, I I probably only have like three or four videos up there. So I'm not posting a lot of videos other than the ones we do for the show, in which case they're like all tied into the, the CMS that I made. Also, for a long time, it was one of the few services that was well integrated into iOS and other places. Now, now Vimeo, I just noticed the other day, that's, that's the first thing I uploaded straight from iOS to Vimeo. I didn't even know that was an option. Um, God, this, this video is so good. I'm going to put this into the, can I put this in the show notes? Dan Benjamin, I, can you get your little Philadelphia bell and just, just jingle? It's kind of like wearing the moose horns on Monty Python. Could you just give me some idea of when you're effing with me? Because I think you're effing with me a lot. Not. I like this video We're a very lot. close, Dan Benjamin. We talked for an hour and four minutes yesterday about our life, and I still think you're effing with me. You eff with me right, right before we started this visit. I can't even tell Dan Benjamin. I'm not. That's a, anytime you think that I'm messing with you, I'm really not. See, that's part of, that's part of the thing. See? It's, it's a man, maturing candidate deal. And my Philly bell is in a box in storage in Orlando. <laughs> God, that's so sad. You probably yeah. you don't even know where it is. You don't know what temperature it is. Oh, I got. I, I can guarantee you, it's over ninety. You know, air conditioning is pretty expensive to fix. I don't know if you know that. I do know that. It ever breaks. I'm learning about that. Oh, brother, Dan Benjamin. I um, I here's the thing: is YouTube. I don't even know if anybody cares about this, but but YouTube. Um, wow, it was so great. Well, first of all, let's do a little bit of quick history. I made, um, I really like doing stuff with music. Uh, I'm not very great at it, but I really enjoy it. I've been four tracking since I was 
you know, what, 17, 18. And uh, it's just, I love it. I put out a bunch of cassettes and stuff, recorded my, I mean, I just, it's something I do. Like nobody cares about it now because I'm whatever the internet douche, but it's something I've been doing for years and I just love it. And um, I used to really, my friend Michael and I used to be really into beat mixing, even though we didn't have turntables. So we would try to do it with a pause button and stuff, <laughs> you know, where you could mix George Michael's Faith into Cures Close to Me. Like today you would call that a mashup. Right. You know, in 1988, you called it things that made people mad at a party. Dunk, 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 dunk. It would be nice. Close to me. Oh, pretty funny. Uh, and so I'm really, uh, you know, in what, what became mashup culture, I've always really been interested in that. And so I would sit there like in Adobe Premiere. Okay, let's go back to, this would be whatever, 1990-something. And I would sit there and build tracks with loops, like Archers of Loaf, you know, overpaid in full. <laughs> I think it was pretty hilarious. And um, boom, 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 boom. and then uh, make a little video of that. And what you would get in, I guess it was QuickTime, but you would get this little, little thing, the phrase people always use, postage stamp size video. And like, if you wanted to put it on the internet, we're talking about like, like before MP3s, okay? Like the idea of media hosting consisted of something.ram. And that was pretty much it. Either that or you put up a, like an AIF file, you know what I mean? Or a wave. Like having hosted media is, used to be a very exotic concept. Oh, yeah. not, not least because we had nowhere to put it. And the bandwidth, do you remember back in the day, even if you had a shared account, and I didn't even have a decent shared account until 2001. Um, but like, where would you put it? Like, what would you do with it? If you put up, if I put up my Archers of Loath paid in full mashup, <laughs> web in front, uh, I would blow through all of the bandwidth on the entire you know, the city oh, of Tallahassee. In a, in a day. Yeah. And I had a couple downloads. So, I mean, the whole idea of like being able to, I don't know if you, you know, you kids today, I, the idea of just being able to upload videos to YouTube was so crazy. And now you just see these nutty pie graphs about what percentage of internet total bandwidth is, goes to YouTube and its progeny. Um, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. But, uh, but the thing was like, it wasn't long before YouTube started feeling like the world's largest talent show with the world's meanest audience. And it was just, you would just, it was like the gong show. You would just go there and like everything that was cool that you would want to not, you know, I'm not trying to be anti-populist, but like if you wanted to put up this in my, you know, case like, oh my gosh, it's the video for So Lonely by the police. Well, you could do that for a while, as I said, but then they turned off the embedding and stuff. And I don't know, as their business model gelled in the way that it did, it got less interesting to use and it became more about the comments. And let's just stipulate once a month, the reason people have comments on their site is because it adds three page loads. They don't really care what you think. I'm sorry. <laughs> Please leave a comment about that. The reason sites have comments is it adds three page loads. You look at the page, you go to post a comment, you preview it, you see the comment, at least three, because then you go back and reload the page to see what people said about your comment. And all of a sudden, your douchebag 300 word thing about you know, how to turbocharge your laundry detergent turns into you know, a whole bunch of page views. Um, so that's why I like Vimeo and I, it's funny because I talked to Dallas Dallas is the guy who used to be the community coordinator guy and I was, I was posting um, I did that short live little video thing where I did a little video every day and, and put it up which is really really fun if that was easy to do I'd still do it I miss that so much it reminded me of the thing that David Lynch would do where he'd sit there and read the weather Weather, which let's do have, have you, I, I don't know if it's still this way but it, <laughs> The beauty part is you got an outside. It's a beautiful day in LA, Los Angeles. The sun is out. It's 82 degrees. Do you remember, though, like last time I looked at it, it was a dot .mov. Yeah. <laughs> you would upload a, yeah. this little like whatever, like 320. Um, it was great. 
I love that guy. His hair is insane. Same hair, almost, that you were going for. I wish. I think he has thicker hair than me. I have, I have thin but dense hair. He has thick and dense hair. Like, I see that in a few more years, you'll sort of be in the, like, the Charles Dern hair school. Charles Durning? No. Charles Dern. Who's Dern. Charles Dern? I think you're thinking of Bruce uh, Dern. I think you're thinking of Dolph. What's the guy's Sweet. name that was in, in uh, Silent Running? Isn't that no. Bruce? Oh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. I see what you're saying. You're thinking of um, uh, uh, Kier, Kier Dulia, I think his name is. Is it Dulia? Did he play the, Huey, Dewey, or Louie in that movie? No, no. Dulles is the one. It's not in Dallas. That's, Dulles is the one that's in Washington. Is Washington. that the one where they, um, they move the little place where you sit and wait to get on your plane that like drives to your plane inside? Right. It's like Denver and, and the luggage. It's weird. Yeah, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to be like this, Dan. I don't like my hair. I need a haircut now. I need it bad. I gotta go see Joey. <sighs> it looks like you this. do it yourself. The way your hair looks. That's really nice. Thank you, Dan. You know. You know. Sandy cuts his own hair. Did you know that? Of course. I mean, why? Nobody could do it as good as him. Could you imagine that? Can you imagine having hair like Sandy has? That luxurious mane of hair he has, and he manages it so well. I've it's had amazing. people. There was a person. I don't. I'll, I'll let them remain anonymous. But they said that there's an inside joke that you guys referred to a lot that I don't understand. And they said it's about Sandy. Who is Sandy? And, that, and I had to tell them who it was. Do you that think there's people who don't know who we're talking about still? That must have been, that must have been hard for you, Dan. Where do you begin? Where, where's the person like Dan Benjamin begin to explain Sandy? You can't. Yeah, what is love? How much time you got? <laughs> I'm doing the fish stick right now. Are you? I'm not sure. I don't remember. It's been a while. How do you and, pick the uh, tools that you use? Well, how you doing? You having a good week? <laughs> so I said to Dallas, hey, is it cool? And I was putting up screencasts and stuff. I had this idea for an only screencast. And he was really honest with me. He's like, actually, <laughs> we prefer that you not put stuff like that. We like, we like people to use Vimeo to tell stories. I don't remember if he actually talks like that. But, um, <laughs> but it's true. The Vimeo was conceived as this thing that would be a place for people to like. And you go look at Dallas's videos and they're like, like little fun stories. But uh, as far as picking tools, okay, that's a good topic. Uh, how do I pick my tools? Well, um, my disclaimer would be that I've always been very interested in my options for that stuff, which has some basis, I'm sure, in my obsession with office supplies, which I'm happy to learn is shared with lots of people. But I'll tell you, I think it really goes back to the pre-OS 10 days. Um, and the sh- what, before, there was, it was called independent software development. We called it shareware. And there were all these great apps. You would go someplace like Version Tracker or uh, what were some of the other ones? You know, do you remember this, Dan Benjamin? You go out and buy a copy of whatever. What was the one, like Mac Life? I don't remember. The magazine. But, yeah, but like you would go out. Yeah, exactly. You would go out, and, but you'd get like a, a CD-ROM with it. Yeah. And you'd pay a little more, and they would have all this shareware on it that you could try. And it felt like, I don't know, you know, the ecosystem is so rich and uh, healthy right now, but it just seemed like in the like, pre-OS 10 days, especially around the time of maybe eight or nine, there was just this embarrassment of riches. There was so much stuff you could try to do a million different things. It was in some ways closer to the way like PCs were, you know, where you could just, well, of course, PCs, you could just walk into a 7-Eleven by a golf game that didn't work. But like there was a lot of really cool <laughs> little apps that I used. <laughs> Mini putter. <laughs> I think I'm doing Dig Dug. Yeah. And so you try different things, right? Or you had that, like, like, I'm always talking about FileBuddy because that was my favorite app. 
um, on the old school Mac because it would just do everything that you wanted the Mac's finder and everything else to do. You know, it was like a Swiss Army knife, if you like, of, of, of stuff. And, you know, yeah, different things you could do for FTP apps. And I would go back and forth between, what, to start with Fetch, you know, um, uh, what was it before it was Anarchy? I think it was something else. But, you know, it, it was just, you know, you just try one and find out which one suits you. And I, I've always had an interest in that. And I think 43 folders in large part, very much in addition to all the product, personal productivity junk came out of that uh, interest in, you know, which tool is best for this kind of work. And I'm not going to, you know, uh, gold plate it. I mean, I really just love playing with apps, you know. I think it was really, I've always enjoyed like, oh gosh, which one of these is going to be better for this thing? And every time a new app would come out, I'd try the new app, you know what I mean? Um, And then over time for me, I feel like that's, maybe I've just gotten older or something, drink less coffee, but I've gotten. I definitely don't dash from one app to the next anymore, especially especially if it involves moving data, or involves something where I'm very comfortable and do a lot of work in some environment. And obviously, TextMate comes to mind for me, or text files in general. It's funny how many people eventually end up with text files. You know, if you become nerdier, you do more and more stuff with text files until eventually all you have are like a thousand text files in a folder. Yeah, well, sh- I mean, it's funny because uh, uh, that's not so far off. Oh, you're making fun of me, aren't you? No. That's good. So you need your bell. You need your hot bell. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. I mean, how many have I got today? Launch bar. Uh, I'm down to 520. I was up to 1,800 at one point, and now I'm down to 520. I did a lot of paring down. Um, yeah, I keep a lot of text files in a folder. It is, it is mm, I don't know if it's ironic. It is, it's interesting that as... You know, and I, I'm ragging on my pal Mark Pilgrim, but he, you know, he makes a good point. His prediction, I think, is that <laughs> there'll be no such thing as read access on a Mac by 2015. Is that what he said? Um, I don't want to get into that, but, but you know, who knows? Could be true. But I think it is interesting that if you read all the Mac blogs, all the above-average Mac blogs say the same thing, which is, wow, text files, text files, text files, markdown, markdown, all this stuff. It is kind of interesting that as we move toward this more mediated sort of device, right, like something like an iPad, or uh, just for the sake of argument, that new release of uh, OS X that I don't have. Uh, even as we move more into these mediated environments, more and more of us are, are figuring out how to do stuff with something as simple as text. And I, I think certainly Dropbox has helped with that. Certainly the apps like Elements, Notesy, um, Nebulous Notes, to name a few that I really like. Who am I leaving out? I don't want to get yelled at. Uh, have made that a lot easier. But, you know, every time a new technology comes out, <laughs> my brother-in-law and I were kind of going around with this. Because, you know, I'm a contrarian, Dan Benjamin. And, and uh, he was, he's really frustrated because everybody's always, you know, typing on their phones instead of talking to each other. And I, I kind of feel that way too. But I, I was like, well, yeah, but, you know, like when you were a kid, people probably thought that about telephones. The telephones were destroying the family because people didn't talk to each other anymore, you know? Um, I got to find the reference for this, but you know there were these stories about once people started traveling on trains or you know automobiles, they would say women shouldn't ride in automobiles, like if they were pregnant, because you know it was so dangerous to to go not not because of crashes, but just because we're not sure what happens over thirty miles an hour, like you might explode. You know, it's like when you flip over on the on the swing and your body turns inside out. You know, um, when the uh, when recorded music came out, musicians flipped because they said nobody's ever going to come see live music again. 
the famous Cory Doctorow example of, you know, um, Walt Disney versus Sony and the Betamax. They thought, they said, nobody's ever going to see Winnie the Pooh again because nobody will pay for this. Your children will be deprived of Disney movies because of the Betamax. And within, what, eight, ten years, they had more than half of the top ten positions in video sales. So everything starts out scary and gets less scary. It seems like the people, or the in this case, the companies, that are the most scared are the ones who potentially stand to win the most. Yes, it's true, it's possibly. But also, those companies are made out of people. And sometimes some of those people retire and then new people come and take their place. So, I mean, yeah, it's a company, but it's, it's also, that's an organism, right? It's, it's, it's an organism with lots of moving parts or lots of organism parts, I guess. Organs? Is that what they're called? <laughs> you know what? I don't like this metaphor. Cut that out, Jim. I, uh, I, I think that if it, it, it's easy to be reductive about almost anything involving technology, he said, being somewhat reductive, because uh, it depends on your point of view. It depends on your point of view, what your obsession is. Um, and what you stand to lose by something changing. And again, back to this notion of like an engineering problem, you very, very rarely see just one thing change about anything. You can't, you know what I mean? Like if it's like a, if you think of the world as, you know, well, whatever, we have a finite amount of energy in the universe. It's neither created or, nor destroyed. It just gets moved around and made into different things. And I think the same is true in some ways with, with technology. It's like, you know, that's why, one of the reasons I hate that phrase you know, dollar sign, foo, killer. It's the Google killer. It's the Apple killer. It's the Android killer. Uh, really? It's the, wow. That seems like it's really just another iteration of a thing that might be useful or not. <laughs> I mean, is there going to be a fax machine killer? I wish, but I still have to use a fax machine a lot. It makes me lose my mind. Um, I guess you could consider things like cassette tapes killed. Um, I still have a lot of stuff on cassette tapes. I wish I could get off of there. I'm just saying that you very rarely does one thing come along that immediately obliterates, obliterates everything that came before for everybody. There's probably still a good number of people in Africa very satisfied with their Nokia phone. And they're doing lots. Is that how you say it? I always say it wrong. How do you say it, Dan? Phone? Africa. Africa. Yeah. Phone. Phone. Okay. And, and so, and so uh, you know, like there's a huge amount supposedly. I, you know, I got to try. I hate when people misquote things, you know. I think it was Jefferson who said that. Um, <laughs> but, you know, there's a huge amount of uptake in, in SMS and all these, you know, what we would consider, you know, second world, third world countries. That, that technology is working fine for them. You know, I, that, that, that doesn't figure in a lot of a Simcoe charts because it's not really relevant to the argument he wants to make, I guess. But, like, you know, there's a lot of people who are perfectly fine with the thing they got. My, when my brother-in-law whipped out his feature phone to to fake hit the buttons with his thumbs and make a silly face to show what teenagers look like, you know, he's perfectly fine with that. I don't know. I guess, I guess I just think that, you know, we're so, we're so floating inside of this bubble in some ways because we do, whether we want to or not, nerds like us end up absorbing so much information um, that it, we can become a little bit narcissistic in terms of looking, you know, at what the rest of the, the world uses. And I think it's actually not a bad idea to, to remember that. And, and who was it? Was it, uh, I think it was Anil in Montero started that site whose name escapes me, but it was basically the notion is, uh, oh God, somebody remind me, but the site is this idea of, Hey, you know what? Wait a minute before you buy your new gadget. Could you use your old gadget just a little bit longer? You know, just try to be a little more mindful about your total, like your need to keep consuming, you know, a new version of this thing. Everybody likes gadgets. Everybody likes cool stuff. I love software updates and new things to play with. But 
in terms of the, the work that we need to do, I'm going to try not to be a pill about this, but I think as excited as you get about the tech headlines and as excited as you get about these features and what it means to the future of computing in a post-PC world, it still pays to remember that you got to do some work. Like, what's the work you got to do? And, and like, my friends have taken me to task for this, and I'm so fine with that. But, like, what are you not able to do because you don't have iOS 5 yet? Like, what are you not able to, like, make? Like, what's, what's, what are you, what, how is that impinging on what you're going to do today? Maybe not at all, but I think that's worth keeping in mind. And when you're deciding on your tools, I mean, there's a reason so many nerds end up back in, you know, VI. <laughs> you know, it's really, it's shown its staying power. And if you dedicate yourself to it, you'll be able to do really, really neat stuff with it. I'm not ready to go totally VI yet. I play with it every once in a while, but, um, how about you, Dan Benjamin? How do you pick your tools? Or, you know, another, another I don't want to go too far off topic, but it would be also interesting to talk about how you ended up, um, not that interesting, but a little interesting to talk about how you ended up in Rails. You've gotten a little bit at this before, but whatever it is you do, like, how do you decide what to adopt next? This episode of Back to Work is brought to you by MailChimp. MailChimp also asked me to write a rock opera about Dan. Here's part five. Sometimes there's a man you know just And right now that man's dead Sometimes there's a man you know just I won't say a hero Cause what's a hero? If you don't know my friend Dan He's calmer now than you Listen in on double speed Well, baby, shame on That was Just Dan, part five of Sometimes There's a Man, a rock opera about Dan Benjamin, commissioned by MailChimp. MailChimp. They sponsored this episode, and then they totally asked us to write a rock opera, because it's just how they roll. MailChimp. Thank you, MailChimp. Well, that's a great question. Which one do you want to go with first, picking tools? Or? Let's go with the interesting one. Start with the tools. You know, for me, I think there's uh, part of it is the level of comfort. And the other part of it is what I'm willing to trade as far as comfort goes for perhaps additional or better functionality. So it's, it's kind of tricky. Like I, I, one of the interesting things that I think about, you mentioned VI. I think it very much for people who do a lot of text editing or writing or coding, we all want the ultimate text editor. And we've talked about this before, and you had a really funny post on, was it uh, on, on Kung Fu Grip, where you, you uh, announced the brand new... It's pronounced, it's pronounced you. You. 
Mm-hmm. I like that one. And distraction-free writing environment. Yeah. yeah. And uh, you know, that I don't necessarily look for distraction-free anything cuz I don't I generally don't have a problem focusing or concentrating or or eliminating distractions by just quitting other applications. Uh but finding that text editor, you know, like I literally, I mean, BB Edit has been the text editor that I used for the by far more than any other text editor in the history of my you know, using computers, the eons of time that I've spent using computers, right? BB Edit's like the the editor. And then TextMate comes out, and I got into TextMate because I was doing a lot of Rails, and it had certain things that were really, you know, made writing Rails easier and better. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, there are these little conventions that you do that, you know, you can, like, mimic them and create them in other editors, but a simple one is, like, command slash will automatically comment the current line that you're on in, in, t- depending, in text depending, depending on the syntax. Too. Depending on the syntax. That's, that took me a little, bit, a little while to get used to, but I love the fact that whether you're in, well, most often for me, HTML or, or Markdown, but you could also be in Perl, you could be in Rails, you could be in Erlang. Yeah. And if you hit that same key, it knows what commenting is in all of those. And under, right. That's a notion of scope that makes TextMate so amazing, I you know, think. So Maybe you, BBEdit does that, but scope is just an amazing idea in TextMate. Well, it, it is. And that's, that's the thing that, that's the killer, the killer feature for TextMate is that comprehension of scope. Now, you know, BBEdit overall, though, it's, it's an actively developed, you know, product with great support. <laughs> and it's like, I, I'm torn between these two. And I find that I like them both for different reasons. And there's things that I wish the other one had. You know, VI for me, I've been using VI since I was in, you know, I guess early college when we had the, you know, the Unix systems and stuff. I was always using VI back then, maybe even if I can't remember when I first learned it. But I would never want to like use that as my editor because it's brutal. And you can do tons and t- I mean, look, I did a screencast on VI with uh, with peep code. Right. You know, I know how to use it. I'm I'm pretty good at it. But that's just not where I want to spend my time. That's not where I want to live. You know, I want to I want to live in something that looks better because I care about how things look. So maybe that's the other component, or as you say, component. I of, like how you say it. I'm thinking about I'm coming around to that. And I debate. You know, for me, and this is the silly thing, is if something looks good as far as applications, if it looks good, I'm more likely to use that than something that, that does not look good, uh, even, even at the expense in some cases of, uh, of functionality and features. Isn't that weird? But I'm very – like when it comes down to fonts, we talked about fonts a little bit. You're, oh, you know you're not alone in that. You know you don't not. think so? Oh, my gosh. Now, when no. I say it looks good, I don't mean ha- – you know, like a lot of people – and this is, this is an amazing thing, especially in the PC world, but it's, it's creeping into the, the Mac OS X space too – to a lot of people these days, the, the, the young kids, the hoodlums, as you say, hoodlums uh, today, you know, they like looking good to them means having some kind of weird, wacky, unconventional user interface. And I don't, I still don't like that. Give me straightforward, conventional user mm-hmm. interface, but uh, make it elegant and, and pay attention to the details. And I'm more want to use that. Than, uh, than anything else. And, you know, you, you, you take into consideration something like TextMate, which is really, it's abandonware at this point, I'll say it. <laughs> and there are people who are adding things onto it and trying to make it better, trying to get it out. The guy is, is, you know, will he ever come out with a version two? Who knows? You know, Duke Nukem Forever is going to be out. So yeah, it's, I guess it's bus. possible. Yeah. But 
you know, at, at the end of the day, there's so many more things that you can do with the tools that we have today than you could do with something like VI, even with all the add-ons and things. People, here comes the mail. Oh, I do this in VI. Great. But it's not a pretty or fun environment. It's a brutal environment the way that, that the insect world is brutal. The insects are incredibly successful as creatures on this planet. You would say human beings are the most successful. And, and I, would, I would say, you know, maybe you're right, but the insects are really, really close second. And, and they're brutal in their world. There's no, uh, there, there's no compassion in the world of the insects at all. And they, uh, they eat themselves. They eat each other. It doesn't matter. They're, they're very brutal. And VI is brutal the same way that the insect world is brutal. Uh, whereas, you know, the, the apps that we have with actual user interfaces are much more pleasant to use. And that, that's a big part of the daily experience. You want to like the tools that you use. You want to like the operating right. system that they exist within. And so a big part of it for me is like, how does it look? Does it look good? I like but it. Then I'll I think, use it. Uh, to make a Gruber-ish point, uh, I think when you say that, aren't you also saying how it looks? You're saying really how it's designed on a deeper level, sure. how you use it. It isn't, it isn't just, I mean, to me, a good example to, uh, to use a grouperish term, you know, taste. Like, it blows my mind when I go to the Firefox, like, themes page, which I've done, like, four times. Oh, yeah. God. And it's like, wow, wow, wow. You sort my most popular, and you're like, are you kidding me? Like, you're going to have Lady Gaga's eyes behind your, fav- behind your yeah, location bar? how can bar? that be? It's like, what are, what whoa, are people thinking? So... That's what I'm talking about when I talk about those garish interfaces that the kids like. Like, that's what, they, that's what this new generation that's coming well, up. That's, in a way, though, that's like wallpaper on your phone for a lot of people, I bet. I mean... Um, What's your wallpaper on your phone right now? Picture, picture of Totoro at a bus stop. I'm going to put my kid back. Is that your lock it. screen or is that the, what's behind the icons? Oh, I got nothing behind the icons, buddy. Not as black as black. I take a picture of my hand with the thing over it. Turn off the flash. Picture your hand, boom, you got a black photo. Use that as your background. That's also how I did the uh, fade-in at the beginning of Humanity Horse. Is uh, if you take a photo, here's, here's your tips and tricks. If you uh, turn off the flash and take a photo uh, of your hand over the uh, thing, you get an instant black thing. I like black backgrounds. What's yeah, the background? Sorry, sorry, I, sorry, I, backgrounds, I, backgrounds of color. I think we should have, uh, <laughs> I think we should have a screenshot of your, of your desktop to co- accompany each episode. Hmm. <laughs> just like a black thing? No, just like what what background is on your desktop right now? What do you have as a background? Like a mountain, a beautiful mountain range with pussy willows growing out of the in the foreground? No, no, there's a it's black. There's black. Repeating black tile. Yeah. You can, so how do you see the little tiny hintings of shadows underneath the fonts and the t- the text rather? Yeah. You don't see that? You don't trade miss off that? Dan Benjamin. It's, it's a trade-off. You know, I, I, I put one on my, uh, on my laptop. I put a really pretty, like, uh, it's like paneled wood, which I thought looked kind of nice. It's very kind of Chris Glassy. Um, yeah, but, but look, if I may, I'd like to make a remark on what you said. Um, first-time caller. I, <laughs> I think what you're saying is not a bad thing, and I think your preference for not using VI is not a bad thing. I, I think one thing that's kind of a bummer on, on the web and in the world uh, is uh, something Freud called the narcissism of minor differences. Uh, this way, <laughs> you may take a drink. <clears throat> no, it's just this way that we, we, we become so attached <laughs> to these really, really insignificant differences you know, between ourselves until you get to this Carl Van Hoot level of drilling down to this really, really, really deep level. If you just mention the word pearl anywhere where people can post anything, game over. I mean, you can grief any thread immediately just by mentioning Pearl because people are going to come in and give you 198, so that could actually be 199 ways to do it differently in Pearl. 
because that's what you do, right? I think that part of the problem is that not part of the problem. I worry that we become so attached to our own preferences that we stop understanding why other people might really be interested in it, and we stop phrasing our we stop portraying our interest in terms of what we make with it, and instead it becomes more of a defensive thing where we explain why VI is like insects who eat themselves. <clears throat> when VI actually works, some people, they can make Ed work. They're happy in Ed. You know, Ed's the ultimate. You know, Ed is the, <laughs> Ed, Ed is the original distraction-free writing environment, by the way. Um, but you, you can... You mean Ed, Ed 209 from RoboCop? No, I think, I, I think, you're, I think you're thinking of that Ali Sheedy movie with the, with the robot. Short, short Circuit? Oh, Johnny Five is Alive. Yeah. So it's the first movie I ever walked out of in my life, Short Circuit 2. The se- there was a second one? I think I should have seen the first one. I think I lost the thread. Did that and have like, like, the guy from Police Academy in it? I didn't know who Fredo was. Steve Gutenberg? Yeah, sure. Or was that Cocoon? Sure. I, think you're, I think you're thinking of Fred Astaire. Fred Astaire. He's the one that was in the uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town. Is that Burl Ives? Oh, is that the one with the guy in, uh, in, in, in the wheelchair where he offers the guy a job? <laughs> I think you're thinking of the Big Lebowski. Oh yeah. <laughs> I I'm not gonna quote it, but I, I just have to laugh. Oh, let me understand. <laughs> Anytime a rug is mixture. <laughs> you can't help it. You can't help it. No, it's just funny and proud we are of all of them. Without the means, without the necessary means. <laughs> I set up mics all morning. That's going to be just me and an acoustic guitar, Dan. I put it away. Oh, my wife really? Said, yeah, I had something written yesterday. My wife said it sounded like an Olympic theme song. So I'm starting oh, over. Oh, wow. Writing a pop song on my guitar. I'd like to hear something that's sort of like a Zeppelin three thing. Hmm. I don't have the drums for that. Side, I got a lot of drums. Side two. Drum you could be no drums at all. I'm going to try and suck up to John Worcester, see if he'll send me a loop. Doesn't he make that sauce? Hmm? <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yeah, Super Chunks to Shire. That's not even funny. That's not even a joke. That's what my, that's what my daughter says. I tell her a knock-knock joke, and it doesn't make any sense. She just goes, that's not even a joke. She doesn't even say that's not funny. She says, that's not even a joke. Say, knock-knock, who's there? Mustache motorcycle. That's not even a joke. I think it's funny. Screw her. What does she know? She stole all my picks. Piece of crap. I uh, think the problem is, then, uh, that is very off-putting to people who want to learn things. My, uh, I've said the bef- before that what, what I envisioned 43 folders to become uh, that never happened when I was, when I was interested in more interested in tool stuff, and and felt more inclined to think that it could help people a lot rather than just a little. Was I always wished it would be more about? We've talked about this on here, uh, but I, the, I've always wanted to be saying, well, here's here's the thing that's neat that I like. Here's here's why I like it. Here's what I think it's good for, and who's here's who who I think it might be good for, right? And so, like with VI. Well, think about this. I mean, one reason a lot of people use VI, the reason I had to learn the very, actually, it might have been Pico. Is that what it was called? What's, what's, what's the one? Yeah, Pico is like uh, VI for beginners without uh, command I think Pico modes. was what I had to use on Freenet. And to yeah. me, it was, it was like speaking phonetically. I was just tip, tip, tap with my fingers. and I had no idea what I was doing. It was so confusing to me. But that, I had to use that because that was the only editor that was available to me. I mean, Freenet is a very locked down environment. You tell that in and you don't get to sit there and go, I want this version of this and that. You ha- I had to use that. I, I, I'm not saying anything against VI or Emacs or anything here. But I mean, I, I'm guessing a lot of people got good at VI because they had to use VI. They learned it by the end of their first year of college, then they were like, VI guy, yeah, you got to use VI, you know? Um, 
I think Windows is a lot like that. I think one thing that's so startling for Windows users once they start using Macs, <clears throat> and, and let's just have a conversation at some point about how many of your friends have moved from Macs to Windows lately. <laughs> but the people who, who come over, the first week, they're like, I'm so confused. What does this mean? Da, 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 da. They, they use a Mac for a week, and then they use Windows, and, and they're like, I don't understand what I was doing before. This looks really weird now. It looks so strange. You know what I mean? Just like a week or two away, and it looks, it looks so different. But it, does, it shows you how like, being away from the thing that you're accustomed to, sure, there's a ramp in. I, I mean, from what I can gather, it's worth it spending the time to learn VI. It sounds like in the end, it does not, and that's just an example here, but it sounds like in the end, that does not comport with the way you like to work. It doesn't look the way you want it to look, and no amount of MacVim and Janus projects is going to make that you know, pretty for you. Um, I, I, to be honest, I struggle with the same thing. I, I, my... Um, um, my pal, uh, Watts Martin, who has a really cool Tumblr. Uh, I think it's called, I want to say chipotle.tumblr.com. Uh, Just Google for Watts. He's a really cool guy. Um, we went to college uh, at the same time at New College. And he, he wrote a really neat thing about an intervention for people who are constantly running after the next text editor. And I'll let you read it because it's very well done. I think uh, uh, Chairman Gruber linked to it. Um, but, you know, if you're really, really that hung up and frustrated about what's going to happen with, with text editors, well, why don't you have a look at something like VI or Emacs? And why don't you get really good at that? Because, you know, once you're pretty good at that, you could choose to just get good at that, and you'll probably be okay for a while. That's not to say that I haven't gone and downloaded everything. I got that new one with the little scrolling deal down the side. What's that called? Sublime Text. It's really mm. pretty, and it handles a bunch of TextMate stuff. Uh, it's probably going to be great. There's probably all kinds of great stuff. But I have to ask myself, well, TextMate still works right now. All my stuff is in text files. If TextMate explodes tomorrow and, you know, and, and Alan goes off to like follow a satellite and TextMate 2 never happens and every TextMate installation blows up, I'll figure it out. By having everything in text files, I, I, I'd like to think that I have enough flexibility that I can change anytime I need to. Um... If if you you know if if you mm, I don't want to make this partisan I'm just saying that in addition to choosing what tool you use you also have to think about what medium you're going to use I mean I'm far from the first person to point out that text files are extremely lightweight and portable far 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 from the first person to do that and once you have text files whether that's XML or Markdown or OPML or or whatever you can do all kinds of stuff to it with all these different tools some of it could be unix tools some of it could be you know microsoft whatever microsoft does with things but you know you have a lot of flexibility there and so by choosing i guess that sounds like a subtle distinction and maybe it is but by choosing a medium that's very flexible then your tool uses become really flexible too and it's why um, if you went and you know, double-clicked on the button on my iPhone, you would see that within the first page or two of the little doc dealy, that's a technical term, you would see elements, and you would see nebulous, and you would see notesy. Not because I'm fiddly, but because they're good for different things. So to me, like owning a Phillips head screwdriver and a flathead screwdriver does not make you fiddly. You know, buying 50 different screwdrivers without ever using them makes you fiddly. You know, in the same sense that you don't throw out your wallet when you buy a suitcase, even if it's a really, really, really nice suitcase. They both have their uses. But, you know, just because you really, really like that one American tourist or maybe because of the ad with the gorilla doesn't mean that you can't somehow manage to get your stuff into a Samsonite. Hmm. That doesn't make that much sense. But, but I, I, I guess what I'm, what I'm trying to get at is when you do choose your tools, uh, I think there are some 
maybe not best, but some better practices for thinking about it. I think one of them is to get out of whatever your version of the reality distortion field is. And, which, and that is far from peculiar to Steve Jobs. I mean, anybody who can sit there and watch Steve Ballmer get those pit stains while he's getting himself worked into a lather and thinks that Steve Jobs is the one running a cult needs to go Google cults because <laughs> everybody's got their thing that they're attached to and want to use and everything that they want to defend. And some, prob- some people probably think Emacs, you know, is like insects that eat, eat themselves. It doesn't matter. You're going to have to go like the Buddha says, right? You're going to have to go see it with your own eyes. You're going to have to go get beyond the doctrine. And then when you do it, when you're choosing tools, whether that's a text editor or like, you know, I can tell you my preferences. I like TextMate for text editing. I love Acorn for anything involving uh, bitmap stuff. You know, Pixelmator is great too. There's, there's lots of great stuff. Um, I mean, I like, if you're interested, we could round it back around and talk about our preferences for that stuff. But whatever yeah. you do, first of all, um, do the nerd thing. I'll just say, um, if it's a software product, um, consider, you know, looking at the screencast or, or just looking at the feature list. But then I would say open up the preferences, look at the preferences, because the preferences will tell you a lot about the way the designer's mind works or the developer's mind works. You will tell a lot about an application from the preferences. You will tell how much, in the same way that you can tell, uh, there's, I don't know anything about the technical part of this, but isn't it interesting on iOS how some preferences people put over here in the you know, system menu dealy right. and other ones are built into the app? Yeah. In, in most cases, it seems to me the better, more interesting, well-thought-out preferences tend to be built into the app. That's that Marco kind of type A developer who wants everything to look their way. Tapbot's another great example. Love their Tweetbot app. And it just looks like their thing. Everything's consistent. It looks like their thing. You know, like Goodreader, as much as I love Goodreader, the preferences are as sprawling as the app is. It is all over the map. But you know what? That's not a bad indicator of what the app is like. If you go in and you find the, the preferences for Goodreader inscrutable, you may find the application to have a higher ramp than you're ready for, just as an example. Um, you know, you go in, I mean, I think that it, it, it's, it's, an, it's almost like an art, the way you, des- it's not like an art, it's an art, the way you design an application. I mean, look at Cable Sasser, I mean, and Steven and all those guys, and Nevin. I mean, those guys, when, they, when Panic makes an application, they make the shit out of that application. You just see so much fit and finish in everything that they do. You don't really need to read the documentation, but it's often very amusing. Um, learn how the developer thinks is what I'm getting at. TextMate tells you a lot about how Alan thinks. It's very abstracted in a lot of ways. Um, my pals at Omnigroup, like, read, talk about some amazing documentation. Look at their documentation. Look at their preferences. Um, you can tell a lot about what that developer, developer had in mind and what they expect of you. This is a little rambly, but I think that's not a bad tip. I'll tell you what not to do. Here's what not to do. Go download a thing you saw on Lifehacker and then start using it all the time, moving your files over, and then dedicating yourself to it completely. Whether that's address book stuff or whether that's file stuff or whether that's whatever stuff, be really circumspect about where you move all your important stuff before you have a pretty good idea that it might work for you. Again, text files gives you a lot of flexibility. Um, I guess it's PSD kind of a graphical standard at this point. Like you can open PSDs in preview, for example, right? You can, and uh, you won't necessarily have access to the different layers, but you'll you'll sort of see whatever was saved as the active view in Photoshop and Pixelmator. Whatever was visible and stuff like that. Yeah, like whatever the designer left visible looking at, it, you'll see that. Pixelmator does support uh, PSD files with layers and things like that. So Pixelmator 
allows you to open up a PSD file and do actually do things with it. Mm-hmm. Acorn That's is a, not designed to do that. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. I, I, one reason I love these Mac developers, I, I so much love people like Gus and Marco and Craig and all those people. Is I just love the fact that they go, well, here's how the app works. And, you know, and there's not, not that they're saying like, oh, I don't want you to use this because I'm fancy or something. But they really, like Marco in particular, I, I love his approach of saying, well, I made it this way because and this is how it works and this is what I want to support. Again, my friends at Omni Group, you're going to make a Windows version of, you know, Omni Outliner. And like, I, I don't know. I, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon because that would not be fun for them to make and it would not be fun for them to support. And that might bring them, although it would certainly bring them a very large market and make them a good amount of money, they'd also then have to move into the support of that. Do you know what I mean? It's, I don't know. I think, I think development is art. And when you, you're really seeing this evolving work of, ah, it sounds so pretentious, but like if you use a really good app, you see the difference. You know what I mean? It's, I think that's, I think that's, I think you can go and look at these great things. And here's the other thing though, is there's so many pretty apps out right now. You know, like, you know, some of these distraction-free writing things are just gorgeous. Like that bygone app is, have you looked at that, Dan? It's, it's beautiful. It's a No, beautiful I haven't app. seen that one. Oh, it's really, really pretty. And like, if you're going to use that kind of thing, I mean, it's a great app. I mean, the IA Writer app is a, it's a beautiful app. <laughs> I'll stop there. Um, but no, there's a lot of great apps, but you don't need all of them. I mean, unless you have a need for all of them. Um, at the heart of it, I think it, it's it's worth occasionally checking in with yourself to make sure that you're still buying screwdrivers that you really need. If you need a nicer screwdriver, buy a nicer screwdriver, but then use it to put some screws into the wood. You know, not not just to to put in your you know artisanal um, screwdriver museum. <laughs> I saw them open for Nutrium Milk Hotel in 1998. Artisanal screwdriver museum. Did you ever see them? Never saw that. Hmm. We, we got to go. We yeah. should go. Should wrap should this up. up. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'd like actually, to hear. I'd like to hear your preferences, not. though, really quickly. Maybe you can just run down, you know, the okay. basic tasks that you perform on a on a computer. I spend a huge amount of time, and I rely very heavily on Dropbox to keep my life together. Yeah. <clears throat> right now, I mean, who knows how that'll change? But right now, I do. I do a lot of stuff in Dropbox. Do you feel very, iCloud will will change that at all for you? Given mm-hmm. that you don't really, I need use... to learn. I need to learn more about it. But it sounds like absolutely it will. I, I love the idea of of feeling. Um, confident about syncing file syncing I beg your pardon file syncing via Dropbox right now I wouldn't say it's bulletproof but it's pretty darn good um, I, I was one of those people that was heavily affected by the problems with MobileMe and I became very frustrated especially with iDisk um, and so that's why Dropbox felt like such a panacea to me but today even like <sighs> could we just do a show on contacts like it seems like such a simple thing yeah to, I mean, I'm not even talking about syncing. I'm talking about like having more than one person semantically attached with a company. You could see that with now contact in like 1996. <laughs> and now I can't go and see everybody that works at Omni Group without doing a, a smart group. Well, that's not a really that smart of a group. A smart group would be a company. That's a smart group, really, you know? But the syncing stuff, like my wife right now, she's got like 14 versions of every contact. I got to go. I got this thing called Contact, contact Cleaner. But this thing... Contacts cleaner. 
It's a really cool app. And uh, it's got all kinds of little, uh, I'm guessing, greppy kind of things for going in and saying, hey, duplicate phone numbers. What's the format you like for phone numbers? Um, you can buy it on the App Store, Contacts Cleaner. That's so hugely helpful. Um, but I'm one of those idiots that keeps going back and forth on whether I want to sync my contacts with just with Google or just with you know, um, MobileMe. And I, I use something called Sync, SyncMan that is pretty good at helping with that. But I would love to just stick with one. You know, I like got my phone. I'm just, it's frustrating. It's frustrating because I'm never sure what the canonical version is. And that gets really frustrating. And then suddenly I'll have 700 contacts. And then suddenly I'll have 2,115 contacts. And I'm like, God, where do I begin? So I just keep doing all these backups. I don't think that's a solved problem yet. Um, to answer your question specifically, uh, I go with, uh, I do my mail and Gmail, usually Mailplane uh, on the um, desktop. I think mail.app for the phone. Um, announcements notwithstanding is, I think in French they call it a turd. Um, I loathe mail.app on the phone. I think it's awful and I hope it's better in this next thing. Uh, I use Gmail on the phone in the web interface. I haven't found any other apps that, you know, including the wrapper ones that are as good. Mailplane, I think, is pretty great. Um, Sparrow, is that the other Gmail yeah. one? It's really pretty, um, and I think they've added the key commands. I haven't looked at it again lately. It's a beautiful, beautiful app that uh, for most people I think would be more than enough. Mail, Mailplane's way of handling multiple accounts and keeping all of the keyboard commands and letting you do Grease Monkey inside of it and all that stuff, it's pretty great. I really I like, I like and recommend Mailplane a lot. Uh, for contact stuff, I use Addressbook on the Mac. Um, I don't do anything with MobileMe that's not syncing. I never look at the web pages. I don't have my mobile me account for my mail enabled. I just all I have is is ladies who in broken English who want to do things with my wee wee and and notifications that I bought something on iTunes. So I'm pretty good to catch up with that on an annual basis. My wee wee can't take that kind of traffic. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I like the contact stuff. I, you know, I'm actually working on a post for this site I used to do called 43 Folders. I'm very interested in a couple things that recently got added to a uh, calendar on the uh, on the Google. Um, I'm very interested in two things they've introduced in the last week, w- one of which is the ability to finally change the default length for your meetings. So you can now choose your meetings to be as short as 15 minutes. And you can also now add something that's not a little squirrely but interesting called speedy meetings, which is it automatically clips off five minutes for a meeting of 30 minutes or less and automatically clips off 10 minutes for any meeting over an hour for those people who have overscheduled their day. I'm not sure that's a long-term solution but it's an interesting idea. Um, I stand by my notion, though, that you should set your default meeting time to the shortest thing that you can make it. Mine is now set to 15 minutes. So if I'm using the Google Calendar interface, this does not work in BusyCal, this does not work in iCal for your web dev or synced calendars. But when you're in the uh, Google Calendar interface and you click, I get a 15-minute meeting. Well, that's silly. How many 15-minute meetings do you have? Well, A, I wish I had more 15-minute meetings rather than one hour, which is usually the default. And B, if I need to make it longer, I can make it longer. 15 minutes is a good amount. And if I can always drag it longer. But if everybody changed their default to the shortest possible on everything that they use and then made it longer by default instead of shorter, I think that's a nice pattern. The other thing they just added, which I haven't gotten yet, but I read about, is the ability to create appointments or create like available spaces. So you know how I'm like Johnny Thursday call? I do all my calls on Thursdays. Like I could basically open up a page and say you can pick whenever you want to have a call. You could use it for your nail salon or whatever, hand jobs or whatever salon you have. A lot of of nail places are are hand job places, I'm told. It's about a hand enterprise. Cut that out, Jim. 
Um, I like Busy Cal a lot, a lot, a lot. I don't like iCal on the desktop at all. I wish. Oh, you know what I love? Criminy Pete. Did you get the Fantastical yet, Dan? No. Oh my God! I saw the Rhapsodic reviews from the you know the B plus bloggers, and I was like, oh God, enough! I get it. You like it. And then I opened it up, and it is like it is magic. It is magical. Fantastical uh, on the App Store. Um, you know how you could do the natural language stuff in Quick Ad on Google Calendar. Am I speaking? Did I have a stroke, Dan? Did you no, I'm, no. Walk me through it. So you go to Google Calendar. By the way, I would recommend having a what do they call it in uh, shortcut bookmark? Edit search engines. I have search engines for all of my most visited pages. So if I type CAL, it takes me to Google Calendar. Boom. It's not even actually a search. It's a very handy thing. You know what else that's great for? Site, colon, Twitter, in Earl, colon, hot dogs, ladies. If you ever want to see your toots again, make sure you uh, have a good Google bookmark for that because Twitter sure ain't doing it for you. We should put that in show notes because no one will know what I'm talking about. You ever do that, Dan? Do you book, do bookmarks like that, site colon something? I've never done that. Go to Google and go to site colon twitter.com space in Earl, one word, Dan Benjamin. And there's your toots. I like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Try that on Twitter. I'll do it. Yeah. Nobody posted anything before five days ago on Twitter. Did you know that? They invented it five days ago. <laughs> yeah, five days is the <laughs> Not entire length of the... Uh, yeah. Right. It's like you're just waiting for, for spring so your urine will melt away from the snow. <whistles> Google Calendar, uh, you have a thing called Quick Ad. So you can click Quick Ad up in your left rail there and you can type... Come on, Quick Ad. You know, Google Calendar has been a cock for me lately. I don't know why it's being so weird. Maybe they're rolling out the new thing. But if you type in... Meeting with uh, Dan at foo.com, at sign foo.com, on Thursday at 7 p.m. So, so, sorry, Thursday on Thursday, 7 p.m. at address. It will uh, send an invitation to Dan at that address. It will put on your calendar and it'll add that in location field, right? Natural language. Very cool. Fantastical uh, is a menu dealie. That's a technical term. Menu, menu item, menu item. And you can have a hotkey for this. In my case, Command, Option, Shift, D. Do people love this stuff or hate this stuff, Dan Benjamin? I I hope they love it because we've done a lot of it on this episode. Yeah. And then you go in. Now, if I type meet with, and really all I have to say is Dan. And what? Now, meet with Dan. The word Dan has a little dotted thing around it because it detected that as a name. So in a minute, I'll get to add that as which Dan I want to say meet with Dan from... 3 p.m. to 4 p.m. As I'm typing this, the animation is adding each of the things I'm adding to the, the Google Calendar entry thingy. As It's understanding the natural language in real time for this. Now, that's all stuff you can already do in Quick Add, but if I go slash the shortcut for the first letter of my family's calendar, it adds it to that calendar instead of my default Google Calendar. So, if you like stuff like Quicksilver, you like stuff like LaunchBar, and you use Google Calendar, you hit one key and you start t- typing natural language, and you can put an event at a certain day and time with a person uh, onto any calendar, like in seconds. And it's beautiful. It's, it's pretty cool. Be- it's a really beautiful app, and I don't think it's too costly. Uh, it's a pretty app. Uh, calendar, this is really dull, sorry. So I use uh, TextMate and lots of bundles. I live in the bundles. There's a bundle I learned about from Alex called Get Bundles, not to be confused with Get Bundle. So 
And once you get that, it's really easy to grab off of the uh, either the subversion or better off from GitHub. You can get all the updated bundles. There are lots of great bundles in TextMate. What else do I use? I use Chrome for my main browser. I use Safari for when I want to go be somebody else. I use Quick Cursor. I use LaunchBar. Ask me questions about any of these. I use Tags, an app called Tags, which gives a much better interface to Spotlight. Plus, you can do ad hoc open metadata tagging on any of your files. I use Hazel. I use Spirited Away to hide windows. I use Paul Cafasis's wonderful sound source to decide where sound is going to be coming from. I'm going through my menu items. This is really tedious at this point. Do you have any other questions, Dan? No, I actually like hearing this. It's not as good as a screenshot of your desktop, but it's good. Yeah. I use a blue IdentiPen, which is a Japanese pen. In my back pocket, <clears throat> I have a, a small uh, Moleskine notebook that you can tear pages out of. I also like Field Notes notebooks. Uh, boxers. Where do you get uh, that pen? Off the Amazon. Hey, what, 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 the, what the F, Dan? Why are, we not putting, why are we not putting Amazon codes in our, in our thing? We, we do. Put I always do. Hmm. You should do a uh, a rewrite deal. You should do a rewrite deal. You know you can do that. It's not hard to do. A re- I can do a rewrite deal for you if you want. What do you mean a rewrite deal? Uh, a one. I can slice and dice it any way. What does that you mean, do- though? Hmm. Oh, so... Uh, what do you mean when put- you say a rewrite deal? Mm, uh, how we did this with Metafilter, so that whatever we put in automatically fixes it to a correct... Con- um, it's called a canonical URL, and adds your little code, which you should include me on, automatically. Hmm. Yeah, a rewrite deal. You could do it with the HT access, or you could do like a dot conf. You like a dot conf? You're saying that it, where, when does the transformation of the URL, when is it rewritten? You want me to write a spec? Oh, well, I would say. Uh, is it rewritten it be, when you're entering it into the don't CMS? Let this stop you from fixing my bookmark. But B, huh. uh, what I would do is I would say uh, we, it detects if it's an Amazon.com or Owen does some regex to automatically, please cut this out, Jim. Does some regex to automatically detect that it's an Amazon.com link and has a correct. Uh, ASIN and would rewrite it to slash. Uh, no, okay, uh, I know. Dash twenty. Dan Ruth Benjamin. No, we 20. don't need to we'd do that. You know what kind of dough you can make from one of those? Look at Gruber. Look at Gruber. The CMS will. It's easier for me to just do a thing in the in the CMS when you save the URL. Give you the idea. That's a good idea. See sure, if you, it's an Amazon. If it is, that's, I would call it. that further for the metal regarding solutions, but it's still a good solution. Okay. Uh, pens, 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 pens. You know, I gotta say, that's a pretty harmless, that's a pretty harmless source of porn, productivity porn is, is notebooks and stuff. But I collect notebooks, I have notebooks, I love notebooks, I try different ones, but I do try, I don't always succeed, but I do try to not let it get in the way of the actual production of words. And for me, I gotta say, I wrap it back around to TextMate. TextMate has just become a really sturdy place where I write. Um, if I'm, if I'm doing anything that involves writing, whether it's toots, because, you know, one reason I do my toots in TextMate is um, I'll sometimes drop something into no- notational velocity really quickly. Love notational velocity. Uh, I use Dropbox syncing, not simple note syncing, for what it's worth. And, uh, but TextMate, you know, you get the, uh, shows you where the, uh, where the carrot is, where the cursor is. It'll give you a count. So I always know exactly where I am with the number of characters. Seven people will be interested in this. Four of them have already tuned out. Uh, what else is super useful? The notebook stuff is good, but you know, when I'm on my phone, I type in nebulous notes is where I start almost everything is nebulous notes. <clears throat> and then I'll do stuff inside of elements, but nebulous notes, those macros are, do you know about the macros and nebulous notes, Dan? Yeah, only from you. Wow. It's pretty neat. And now in the latest cut, I asked the developer, uh, I don't say he did this because of me, but you can now export and import your macros. 
Um, so if you, so in my case, I'd done a lot of the heavy lifting for that on my iPhone, and all I got to do is hit a button, goes to Dropbox, and I can suck those back up on the iPad, which is it's a real pain to have to do it manually. So that'll do all that for you. We're losing the ladies. You know what my favorite app is right now? Can I tell you? You I'm, need to know I'm about counting this app. on it. I'm counting Benjamin, on it. You need to know about this app. Is it called Radio Tune In? Radio Tune Tune. Look at my iPad. Nebulous Notes Light. Yeah, can't buy it. Pony up. Well, how do I know if I like it? You just said it. I need to try it first and find out if it will be useful for me and it will work the way I want. How do you know? Yeah, I'm Merlin Man. What was your quote yesterday? You had a good quote. I think we have to end the show right there. No. That would be perfect. Just end it right there. We'll cut this part out then. But I don't want the nerds to hear this. Tune in radio. Have you guys used this? Tune in radio. Get the pro version. I can't even begin to go into the features of this thing. It's, it's, it's the reason it's this like 50 gajillion five-star reviews. It's completely insane. Um, in a nut, it's, it's, like, it's like lots of those apps that you can like tune into a radio station or a stream on. But it's got like everything. You can go in and search for our shows. Our shows come up in there. Podcasts, episodes of The Sound of Young America, the 1928s radio network it's all in there. And, you ready for this? It records. First of all, it caches, a la TiVo. As soon as you start listening to the Bruce Springsteen station, which I'm listening to right now, uh, it's automatically <laughs> caching while it's playing. At any point, you can hit record. And it will record everything up to, just like TiVo, right? It'll record everything that you've been listening to. But you can also set times for it to record. So if your iPad's always on or your iPhone, it'll record that. And it syncs up with a service that lets you have your preferences for your presets across multiple devices. Don't you tell me I don't have tips and tricks. I have them. I just don't always share them. I like because it. The other, the, other, the other stuff's more important. But not it as is. important as our relationship. We once in a while need to do a show like this, I think, just to appease. Yeah. It never will. You can't, though. Yeah. I mean, that's like trying to you know, appease somebody with diabetes by giving them more sugar. You know, you're eventually going to lose a foot. Get to work. You want to button this up? Yeah, let's do it. I love you. Love you too.